What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Divi Chat. We are super excited to be here. Today, we are talking all about recurring revenue, more specifically, how to add recurring revenue to your web design business today. And so the purpose being uh, things that you can do and implement right now. You don't have to go and learn how to do something or implement all these complex strategies or whatever things that you can implement in your business to make money on a recurring basis uh, really easily. And so super excited about this topic. Before we dive in, though, we're going to go ahead and meet our panel. So we have a smaller panel. I think uh, two weeks ago, uh, we had a larger than usual panel. Um, so we're back to more of the usual three three person panels. So let's go ahead and uh, yeah, Eric, start us off. Yeah. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome. So glad you're able to join us. I love this topic of recurring revenue um, at uh, Divi Agency Coach. The two top questions I get um, all the time are, are, how do I find you know, clients, uh, more clients, and how do I start you know, recurring revenue? So I love, love, love this topic. Hey guys, Sarah Oates here from Endure Web Studios. You can catch me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on the socials. Um, and I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, the reason we're late is because of me. I've changed offices. I don't know if you can tell, but it just, you know, there's always a few bumps in the road when you change offices. And a part of that was my camera just did not want to work this morning. So hi, nice to be here. It's very early in the morning. I promise I'll wake up in around about 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, hey everyone, Tim Streifler here. You can find me online at divilife.com where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts, and tutorials, and wpgears.com where I have the WP, the podcast with my uh, fellow colleague, David Blackman. We also have the Divi Business Expert course hosted over there on WP Gears. Um, so yeah, I'm broadcasting from San Clemente, California. So unlike sarah it's like 2 p.m here um and that's the really cool thing about uh divi chat is we're from all over uh the us all over the world uh we have sarah representing down under we have mike usually here representing the uk and europe and then yeah so awesome let's go ahead and dive right in now as i mentioned um at the beginning of uh the episode this isn't just recurring revenue. We wanted to focus on some recurring revenue that you can add to your business and implement today, tomorrow, right? Not uh, in three months, six months, one year when you learn how to do it and build out some complicated system, something that you can do today. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and have Eric talk about the lowest hanging fruit. And um, I didn't tell him what that is. So we'll see to him what is the lowest hanging fruit. And in my opinion, Eric is the recurring revenue king. So um yeah it'll be cool to see what he has to say well thanks yeah to me the the lowest hanging fruit that you can get into is uh reputation management so it's it's there's software that runs all of it for you it's super easy to sell it's a very low cost of entry and here's my favorite part of, about it you can you can get going with i use review lead but you can use you know bright local does this there's there's all kinds of uh services out there i i just review lead is my my favorite um review lead cost me 35 dollars uh for every seat so every client that's in there's is 35 dollars per their per their location so it's 35 dollars um i char i sell it for 250 dollars a month that first month, the clients send us their email list. We divide out their email list out over the next several months. We send those emails. We The drip campaign, we start getting five-star reviews. 30 days later, I meet with the client and I'm able to go, hey, look, uh, you just got you know five new five-star reviews. I really like this one here. This person said this about you and everybody likes hearing nice things about them. So the client's sitting there and they're smiling and in their head, they're going, wow when i give eric when i give in transit studio money they get results and then i'm able to say so as we talked about a month ago the next thing we want to look at is pay-per-click um so here's what it would look like for pay-per-click or maybe we identified local seo for them so we say okay so now we want to identify local seo local seo again 
You're going to get a Moz account for each client, $14 a month. Um, you're going to go in, you're going to set them up and in Moz. Moz is going to automate so much of this, getting you know them in directories and getting their citations cleaned up and, and all this stuff. And so, uh, and then you start managing their Google My Business, coming up with post, and, and we can get into all of that later. But uh, but that's why I like Tim, that's why I like reputation management. Um, it, it's just it's just so easy to sell because everybody agrees now. Reviews are any client I talk to, any lead I talk to, and I and I say, you know, ha have you ever picked a restaurant because of a review? Yeah. Have you ever bought anything off of Amazon because of a review? Yeah. Um, so it's that's my that. answer. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's one of those things that like a client they're not going to think to get unless they have bad reviews yeah. and then they'll be like, Hey, I need someone to help me like, you know, with my reputation management so I can get, you know, those bad reviews taken down or, or pushed down with good, you know, whatever. But most people, they don't really think like, Oh, I actually need good reviews to help me do business. It's not just about not having bad reviews. It's about having good reviews. And, um, and so, yeah, that was my first thought. And the second thought is, um, we've talked about this many times before here on Divi chat, but when you're talking to a, a new potential client, and you know they reach out to you, they want a new website. What they think they want is a new website. They think they want something that's gonna make them look good online. And really at the end of the day, that's not what they need. What they need is more phone calls, more sales, more leads, you know, whatever it may be, more email list subscribers. That's really what they need. Sometimes the website is the best way when it's done correctly to help facilitate that. But as, as Eric mentioned in his example, that's not always the case. Sometimes it's, it's let's get the reviews first and then we'll talk about uh, the new website after that. And so- yeah, well, you've got to um, get them to the website, right? Like if, if, they, if they kind of Google something, firstly, Google's going to show you better if you've got the five-star reviews. But secondly, um, if a list comes up of like five different businesses and your one has like- 35 star reviews or 34.5 average rating or whatever it is, they're more likely to click on you. They may never get to your website if you don't work on some of this stuff to start with. So it's kind of one of those things where they've got to have a half decent web website for reputation management to be like have a point to it, but you can equally work on that alongside developing a new website at the same time. Like you don't want to get everyone to their website and then the website is ter terrible. So they go away. So Google learns that your website is no good. Like that's not going to be a good experience for um, your Google ratings either. So it kind of has to be one of those ones where you like assess, is it good enough <laughs> for us to like get going? And will those reviews outweigh where the website's out at the moment? Or do we need to kind of like get the website a little bit better, maybe start on some reviews so that then at some point they're both going to do their job. So since January 1st, um, and I just ran, was running a report on this to kind of look at, you know, things halfway through the year. So since January 1st of, of this year, 85% um, of all of our new clients have signed up for, uh, in, from nice. the sales, in the sales process, have signed up for review lead, a new website and hosting and maintenance all three together. So I still charge mm -hmm. 99 a month for hosting and maintenance. Um, my websites started, you know, around the $4,000 range. I'm in the United States. And so that's just what I my what I'm doing here for a, you know, a standard five page, you know, marketing website, and then 250 on top of that for reputation management. And we can start the reviews. Why we're we can have that running why over the next 12 weeks, we're building the website. So, yeah. yeah. 250 is a lot yeah. a month. Like it'd be interesting. I I think a lot of my clients wouldn't go for so, that expense, which makes me think that a lot of your clients potentially are a slightly bigger um, also, more developed also, business. Yeah. So we offer it at $1800 a year or 250 a month. Um yeah. and so, you know, even at the 18 and it's about 50/50 that takes it, you know, the 1800, but Yeah and I've just been selling this since November. So starting this coming November, you know, those will be some nice recurring revenues, but yeah, I'm shifting on and towards the 250. But when your costs are $35 per seat, that's my hard cost. And then I have yeah. Polina on my team that manages that. Um, 
you know, you, you don't, you wouldn't have to charge it up to two fifty a month and still make a profit on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So that's awesome. I like yeah. it. I've got a client yeah. who's actually doing their own kind of stuff. So I don't have any clients who are doing that. I just recommend, Hey, you should contact all of your people and get some five-star reviews and explain to clients why it's really important. I think it's yeah. a great idea for recurring revenue, but I've actually got a client and this may be another way to hook this up, which is every time they service someone, so they're a mechanic, every time they do a car service, afterwards it sends them a text message that says, really hope that you had a great experience. We would love you to leave us a five, like a five-star review. They are getting, I actually thought that it was bots because they get reviews multiple times a month, like at least two times a month they get reviews. And I said to her, are you like paying someone to do these for you? Because I was figuring they must be fake because they were getting so many of them, but they just hooked it up so that everyone gets a text message after they have a car service and it is working for them. So that might be another system that you could hook into where if someone's regularly kind of doing things for clients that afterwards they receive some sort of text message. Yeah. And that's what review lead, you can send it out. You can send it text message oh, cool. or um, that. And what, what I like about it is um, when you ask them, it's it's like you're also it's an instant survey for your customers because it, it it's built on the whole thumbs up, thumbs down or the smiley faces, oh, nice. or arts or stars that we there's all kinds of things you work in there. But if they do a thumbs down, if they do a negative, then you show them a negative feedback capture form. And so yeah. now they're saying this is you know, this is where I was frustrated. This is what I was upset with. And so you're doing like instant customer satisfaction surveys. And yeah. you're not you're because what sometimes people say, well, I don't want anybody to leave a bad review. Well, here's how here's what we do to help yeah. you as a business Stop owner. Um, yeah, and that does two things. One, it makes the customer feel better because they feel like they're being heard, right? It's like it's almost yeah. like that placebo of writing a negative review without actually writing a negative review. And That's the right. company gets feedback, right? Like if yeah. they if a customer had a bad experience, like they needed to know about it so that they can improve yeah. it and stuff. Um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. So this is definitely something that, uh, our listeners can implement today, tomorrow, next week. Um, and the cool thing is, is like Eric mentioned since January 1st, the majority of his clients are getting it with, along with maintenance and along with their, their website. But if you have been doing this for a while, you can go and contact all of your previous clients. So Eric, I don't know if you have any uh, recommendations on, on how to do that effectively for past clients once you implemented this and wanted to get your past clients on there. Yeah, so the, the first thing we that we recommend doing is, it, we call it a reply back campaign and it's the, the beta test. So you just send an email out and say, hey, I'm, I'm beta testing this new, um, this new software, this new service, however you want to say it. Um, and I'm looking for a couple businesses that would help me out and let me run a free report for you and then show you um, your reviews. I, it, I often find top, find reviews you didn't even know you had. Um, and so I, I'd love to just you know run this free report for you and then get 30 minutes of your time to share it with you and, and get your feedback. Um, and this, it's, this is all true. You're, you're just learning. Um, and, and these people already have a relationship with you. And so a lot of them are going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll help you out. Um, and so they reply back, reply back and say, yeah, I'll help you out. You put it together, you, you sit, you, you, you know, get together with them, you know, three, five days later. Um, and you still show them the investment at the end, you know, the pricing at the end. Um, and so that's how I got my first few people on board. Um, yeah, nice. So yeah, the reply back. So that was the the easiest so way. So does the review lead um, help you set up, like help you find the reviews? Like what are you giving them in that first report? Yeah, so it's really simple. Um, and you, what I love about review lead is I sold my first review lead seat because to set up review lead is like 15, 16, $1,700. So I just learned enough to go out and I sold my first one for, you know, $1,800 plus a $500 setup fee. Um, and then I went and bought the software, you know, and everything real quick um, and, and did it. And I haven't looked back since it's, it's been great. Um, but you just type in the customers. So just type in the business Acme, you know, bait company reviews 
You just type that into Google and you'll get a whole list of, of reviews. And a lot of times people have reviews on websites they've never even heard of. Um, and so you just, you know, create a grid and you put in, you know, who, who what the site, you know, Facebook, how many reviews, um, average rating of the reviews, are the reviews recent or old, um, and the, the sentiment of the reviews. Um, and then under that, you would put Yelp and TripAdvisor, cars.com, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the site is you find reviews on. Um, and then that's just all that's that's what you show them. And that's enough for them to start. And then, oh, the last that the next thing I do show them is then you find out their competitors and you find their competitors reviews. And I just show them there just to like, yeah, like right. here's what you've got on Google. Here's what your competitor has now. If the competitor has better reviews, that's pretty easy to sell. Um, <laughs> if, they have, if they have the same about the same reviews, hey, the reason you want this is because in you know three to six months you're you're going to have a lot more. If the client already has more reviews, then you say, hey, listen, you're already so far ahead. Let's maintain this uh, advantage and even widen it. Um, so no matter what you find, there's always a reason for the client to buy it. Yeah. I like that. I think that's a really good strategy. I love that. Yeah. And, and reviews are one of those things where you don't just want like, oh, I have five reviews. I'm good. It's like, well, no, you want a steady stream of reviews yeah. coming in and not like we've all seen where like you go to a site and you look at the reviews and they're all, it's like they have like 20 from like the same day. Which right. yeah. for some people that that might look suspicious, but usually what yeah. it is is they send a mass email to all their customers saying, "Hey, Everyone. please go and leave us a review." So they all and go and leave a review on the same day, and then it's quiet after that. And so yeah. something like this that automates it and 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 uh, gets that steady stream of reviews. It's good for the client uh, for uh, like conversion. It's good yeah. for SEO. There's so many benefits. Um, so I, one way... thing. Sorry. Oh, go ahead, Sarah. Uh, another good way you can hook them in, like just another sales tactic is sometimes I have clients call me and say, oh my gosh, someone's left a one-star review. What am I going to do? So yeah. that is another like golden opportunity for when you can kind of kick this up. Because I just had a client who got a one-star review and they just kicked into gear. Like they didn't even need me because they're bigger and they understand how it all works. And previously we talked about the fact that if you get a one-star review, you just have to drown that one-star review out. Like it, you can report it, but it, it's like haphazard whether you're going to be able to get rid of it. And so they just like kicked into gear and all of a sudden they must have done a mass email because they were getting so many five-star reviews, but it's trickling on. So it's now been a couple of weeks and they're still getting kind of every now and then at like another five-star review. And that one-star review is drowned out, but it would be a perfect opportunity to sell a service like this of saying, Look, we can't do a lot about it, but what we can do is prepare for the future. And the way we prepare for the future is we build up these five-star reviews. So when you get a one-star review, it doesn't really hurt you because it's just one. And we're going to be continually getting some more five-star reviews on top of it. So it's not going to impact your overall rating. Because that overall rating, if you've only got five reviews and you get a one-star review, it hits you bad, like really bad. So that yeah. might be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, customer, uh, reputation management, that's only one of the methods that we want to mm -hmm. talk about. And just to be clear, like we're, we are not sponsored by review lead or anything like that. There's a lot of different <laughs> tools out if you there. Want to Eric sponsor us, uh, just give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this is what Eric recommends, uh, because he looked into the different options and this is what you, what you get the most bang for your buck. Um, but Eric, the domain is reviewlead.us. Does that sound right? Uh, I think it's just get.reviewlead.com or reviewlead.com. I'll look it up. Um, and Okay. And that's what I originally found. And then it's, it, it was like it wouldn't let you uh, – it, it didn't have any pricing on there. It said like contact a partner or something like that. Oh, I hate those websites. Yeah, it right. is. Yeah. But it doesn't, no, it doesn't get, it, it's a review lead is only available through a certified partner. Please contact your partner for pricing availability. Like there's not a contact number, but then on review lead.us, it does have pricing. Um, and also the website's built on Divi. So I did, I did notice that too, review lead.us. Um, so just a little fun fact there.
So which one is it? I think it's reviewlead.us. I'm looking at Relieve. Yeah, reviewlead.us. Um, it's how you built on Divi. Yeah, built by Divi. Yep. And I'm a surprise. The <laughs> agency and Review Lead was built by an agency, a digital marketing agency in Tucson, Arizona. Um, and so, uh, and it was a solution they put together for their clients. But anyway, the cool thing about about it, and again, like you said, we're not we're not sponsored by them. Or anything like I, I do use them a lot. But what you get in that price when you buy into Review Lead to set it up is you get an un the most um, the most resources I've ever seen in anything like this to resell the or to sell the program. Um, to, the training videos on how to how to run it and just it's it's pretty fantastic everything you get. Yeah, that's nice. awesome. Um, all right, so I want to transition a little bit and talk about additional streams of recurring revenue. So the the most obvious one, that's the, the one that everyone talks about the most, is maintenance. And you can kind of group hosting into that too. Um, so Sarah, tell us a little bit about your maintenance, recurring revenue, how it works, and do you include hosting, not hosting? Um, okay, so for maintenance for me, most of the time I require that they're with my hosting. So I have a few hosts that I'm willing to do maintenance on if they're not with my hosting. So like a lot of people would say, I'm just throwing away money. The reason that I do that is because I don't have a team. It is just me and I don't want to stuff around with crap hosting. So, and it's a nightmare basically. So if someone's yeah. with GoDaddy, I don't want to host your website. I'm sorry. Like, good luck to you, but I'm not doing it. But if someone's with WP Engine or they're with Flywheel or, you know, one of the kind of ones where it's already kind of managed hosting or it's a really high, well-known host, um, then I will do it. But most of the time I'm offering hosting and maintenance and I just have a package. And so I'll offer that to people as we're building their website. But sometimes people contact me because they need maintenance. Um, I have a host that I use here in Australia called Kinetics and they're amazing, which is great. But they also recommend me to some of their clients that they think would be appropriate for me. So occasionally someone will say to them, we need some help. And so they'll come to me. They're already with my host just they have their own hosting account and therefore I'm just offering the maintenance part of it. So I just have two price. Well, I've got multiple prices, to be honest. I've got a small business price. I've got a medium business price and then a large business price. And really, I don't advertise those as small, medium and large. It's in my mind and I decide which price I'm putting forward. And it's basically around complexity. So yeah. if they've got WooCommerce or membership or those kind of things, I'm going to be going for the large one. If they're just a small business that has a contact form on their website and that is it, like it's a five-page, that's it kind of website, then they don't need more than that. And often they can't afford more than that. And so I'm just going to be offering them the small one. Um, and so what I'm including in that is hosting, backups, security management, um, updating like plugins, WordPress, etc. Then they're getting premium plugins for free and then... Um, they get a discount on ongoing work. So they'll get another 10% off if they get me to do other stuff. And I also include two hours of technical support a year. So I generally, my clients pay per year. I've got a couple that pay per month. I know a lot of people are promoting the monthly payment thing so that they can kind of have that regular monthly money coming in. But for me, it doesn't really matter because when you build a website and you put someone on maintenance, you then build another website maybe the next month or the month right. after. Over time, they all end up spreading out. Like I think I have two months in the year where I don't really have a lot of maintenance money coming in, but then every other month has some like multiple people resubscribing their annual amount of money. Um, it also allows me then to increase the price every year because there's this definitive moment where I can say, hey, we're offering you a new contract. It's this much. And I can bump that up just a little bit. It's not like I have to say like some big kind of awkward moment, like where they're on monthly. And now the, the downside of that is it's a more significant amount, obviously, um, compared to like a monthly bump of $2 a month um, is different when it's an annual amount kind of thing. But 
I put them on annual and the reason like the reason that works for me is then I can have these two hours included and basically it's all the little stuff. It's the stuff where a client contacts you and it's a pain in the ass and you don't want to invoice them for 15 minutes worth of tech support. And it's just, you know, I, I was getting annoyed at clients and I felt annoyed about that. Whereas now they feel like they get this thing of two hours support a year. They can ask me any questions. Most clients won't need more than that. But the ones who do keep asking you those little things, you can be, say to them, hey, we're about to hit our two hours. Would you like to buy some more time so that you've got that available? So for me, that's been really effective because 90% of my clients don't need more than the two hours. But the ones who do are really happy to pay for it because they got two hours for free. Um, and so that's been a really effective method for me to not be annoyed at them and for them to feel like they got extra included in their maintenance. Um, so, yeah, I would say 90% of people sign up to my maintenance when I build a website for them and um, the others who don't go off on their merry way. I still recommend Kinetics to them if they're in Australia. And so then the advantage with that is that if they host with Kinetics and then they realise just how hard it is to maintain their website, it's not that big of a deal to, for me to chuck maintenance on top of the hosting they're already paying for. And that works quite well. Yeah, nice. that's awesome. Do you, yeah, do and, and kind of, do you send any kind of like monthly report or update? No, I, I played around with it a little bit. Um, I offered a couple of clients like you, I offered a couple of clients free reports just to like test it out. They weren't interested. Like they didn't have enough time to look at it. They just didn't care. I played around with, um, I've tried a few different ones and they just, they didn't want to know it. Like they just, it wasn't important to my, the kind of clients that I have are small business clients. They're really busy. They're just trying to run their business. They just want their website to function. Like they just don't have time to be fully engaging with it. Um, and because I guess my maintenance costs are not astronomical, they're not having to, um, what's the word? Um, they're not having to, you, you don't have to prove your value, basically. That's it. Oh, like, I can't think yeah. of the word. But they're not trying to say to themselves, justify is the word I was looking for. They're not trying to justify to themselves why they're spending so much money on their maintenance. And it, it keeps the, the level of intensity lower for me. So what I've realized is those higher need clients who like need to know, like, where am I ranking at the moment? And how is this going? And I don't think I'm getting the money for what I'm spending. Like, I'm, I'm not getting the value. I don't want those clients. Like, they can just go find someone else to work with. I'll send them to you, Eric. And, you know, you can be off in your merry way. But I don't want to deal with those clients because I would prefer to have these guys who pay a little bit less. They don't really care. They just want their website to function. Like, they're so much easier. I don't have to spend a lot of, like, a lot of those clients I'm barely spending any time on and that money is just coming in every year. They're really happy. I do virtually nothing. I just update everything, keep everything fun functioning. Everyone's really happy. We're in happy land. And I think that's where you're getting the most for your money, like where you're, it really is almost everything is automated and every now and then you have to kind of make sure something's functioning a bit better. Yeah. Hey, Eric, can you throw Scott's comment on there? That's a really great point. Yeah. Um, so Scott says, I prefer to do automated monthly for maintenance only because one, I hate asking for money and two, the yeah. annual is a big number and the monthly is an easier sell. Um, that's a really good point, right? Like yeah, uh, $1,000 a year, $1,200, you know, $1,500 a year, whatever it may be compared to, you know, hundred bucks a month, right? Like that's yes. an easier pill to swallow. Eric, do you yeah, do monthly they, versus yearly? Uh, yeah, we do monthly. Um, I, I have a few clients on yearly, um, that was on cause Josh, they're, they're all clients that I, I purchased when I bought in transit. Um, but I did away with the, the yearly cause none of my clients that I brought with me were, um, and I'm always nervous at the annual renewal. <laughs> right. So, yeah, but, but I see the benefit of what Sarah said and I, the reason I asked about the, the monthly report is I've been toying with the idea of dropping it because yeah, I just don't think anybody's really cares. 
So I don't think they do either. Like, I think it's one of those things where if you feel like someone really needs to justify to themselves that they're spending the money for a good reason and then they can see all that stuff, it's great. But I feel like it brings up more questions than anything. Like, yes, they can see that you're updating things, but you have to update it through that service. So for example, Manage WP, you have to update it through Manage WP for it to recognize that you updated it. And so I run updates from all sorts of places. Sometimes I need to run it from inside the website. Sometimes I need to run it from my hosting. Sometimes I run it from Manage WP. So even just that doesn't really work. So I I just haven't, I, I haven't found it been beneficial and if anything, it's just a bit of an effort to set it up and then potentially brings more questions than it actually brings you good things. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. The The only thing I, so what I tried, what I decided to do, cause I was looking at this a couple months ago, um, is I had not been leveraging the SEO, the built-in SEO part of Manage WP in the report. And so, um, I've, I've reached out to several clients and said, Hey, would you like to start seeing your, you know, you know, how you're ranking, um, yeah. send me, you know, three to, I think you have, it's either three or five is, is the minimum. Um, and I think it was five, send me, send me five up to a hundred and I'll put it in there. And then my, my plan if, is to, you know, here in the next couple of months, start looking at those. And maybe I, I'm thinking it might be an in and open an opportunity to sell SEO services. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I was was doing it. But I, I was I was I'm with you. I, I may cut it now. I know others like it. Um, Danielle says her clients, you know, that they love it. They love yeah. the monthly maintenance report. So I think it just depends on it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to put myself in the shoes of a client. Like, would I like it? Would I not? Like, some parts of me where it's like, I would qu question, right? If I was paying an agency and I wasn't myself uh, having a background in, in web design, like, would I, would I be able to say, like, yes, that's money well spent without having to see a report? Part of me is like, well, I think I would wonder, like, am I like getting anything? Like, I'm paying them monthly. Are they doing anything? <laughs> you know. Yeah. But then again, because I'm cynical, if I were getting those reports, I'd be like, oh, they're just automated. Like, whatever. Yeah. They're not doing anything. <laughs> you know? I so. think there's other ways to show them you're doing things. Like recently, um, Australia's come out with .au, for example. So um, instead of .com.au, there's a new one .au. It's just been released. There's a six-month period where people can purchase it. If you own the .com.au, you can automatically apply for the .au. So I've just sent emails to clients saying, hey, just letting you know .au's come out and explaining in technical language the reason they should buy the .au. Like basically someone else could buy it and then they could do other things, you know, blah, blah, blah. The amount of clients that I've had who've emailed me back and said, oh, thank you so much for letting me know that. I was just going to let it slide. I didn't really care about it, but now I understand why I need to do that. So glad I have you available. So like being able to send them emails every now and then, and I did send it manually to each of them um, because I wanted it to be personalized so that they understood like what the deal was. That took me maybe two hours, but the amount of clients who've come back to me and said, thank you so much. Yes. Can you please activate that? Or I'm going to go activate that. Didn't realize it was important. They now are remembering exactly why they're paying me. And the amount of times clients will like, I'll do something for them and then they'll say, I'm so glad that I have you available. You understand all this stuff. I don't get it. Thank you for being there. I think there's other ways to do that other than just reports. Um, but I think if you, if your client loves a report and maybe I tested on the wrong clients, but the ones I tested on, they couldn't have cared less about it. And they said, Meh, I did like, if you want to send it, send it, whatever, I don't care. And I yeah. thought, well, then I'm not going to send it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, good. that's a good point. So we, we've talked about reputation management. We've talked about, uh, maintenance plan slash hosting now. Obviously, the topic for today's episode is how to add recurring revenue to your web design business today, right? So we're not going to get into like Facebook ad management or Google ads or or even SEO because those are things that are going to require, first of all, that you really know what you're doing. Second of all, having a plan and potentially a team uh, in place to implement these things. Obviously, those are great sources of recurring revenue if that's the direction you go. One kind of more low hanging fruit, something that you can implement 
really easily. You can implement it today, tomorrow, next week. Um, and it's something that I don't think a lot of people talk about or do, but super simple and really beneficial to your clients. And that's email list management. So for you know a, a set monthly price, you can uh, start collecting email addresses on their website, right? And if you built their website in a way where you have like call to actions and stuff like that, um, then you're already ahead of the game. So you can build their email list for them. And then you can send, you know, have different plans where you send, you know, one email a month or, you know, one email a week or whatever. Uh, and, and obviously there's the, the whole side, whether they're going to give you content or you're going to write the content yourself, but that's something that you can implement for them. The benefits to them is one, you're gaining email list subscribers that they can continuously remarket to for years to come. And then two, by sending out regular emails, you're helping keep their customers, their clients um, in touch, or, or you're helping your client yeah. stay top of mind with their clients. That's mm -hmm. what, what I wanted to say. Um, so a lot of benefits there. So I'm, I'm curious uh, with our, our live listeners, we have a lower number of live, only 15 watching right now, live. Let, let us know in the chat if you've ever done something like that, um, or if you've done something else for recurring revenue that maybe we haven't talked about yet. Love to see if there's anything else that, that we haven't mentioned yet that would be a creative, easy way that you can implement additional recurring revenue in your business. So to my fellow panelists, any thoughts on the email well. marketing, social media? Yeah, that's a good one too. Well, yeah. so, something with email marketing, if, you, if you're going to do email marketing, um, you know, I like, and we've been selling more and more blog post packs. Um, yeah, nice. You know, We've got two packs, short form, long form, short form. It's only about, you know, 300 words for, for the post. That's not great SEO, but these are designed for people to give them content to share. They already have, you know, a robust social media group, you know, platform, stuff like that. Yeah. The idea is just you're putting out regular content on your website and they're already driving most of their traffic there. And then we have a long form package that's 800 to a thousand words a month or per post. Um, and we do again, you know, one a week and manage the calendar and, and stuff like that. But all of that, I, I would just say with, with, I like the email list. I'm going I'm to be noodling on that one, Tim. That's good. We're currently not. <laughs> I'm sitting here, hmm. but the key is you need to have a, uh, you can start, you can totally handle this for a couple of clients, but it's, totally. it's not scalable if you want to keep building websites, but yeah. you could totally onboard one or two clients with this. And then that gives you the, the momentum to figure some things out and then find somebody, um, to outsource it to. We, we, we outsource almost all of our services. So, yeah, absolutely. Which yeah, is a good thing. That. Maybe one day we'll talk more about um, outsourcing, but outsourcing is risky, right? You have to find the right outsourcing and, and realistically it's, it's on you. If it doesn't go well, it is on you that it didn't go well. And so, you know, if you're outsourcing something where you're trying to help a client look good, if that client then doesn't look good because of something one of your outsourcers did, then that can be a bit of a problem. And so, you know, maybe sometime we can talk about where's yeah. a good place to find outsourcing that's yeah. gonna go well for you or how do you even manage when it doesn't go well what do you do like in that moment so yeah that might be well, topic. The, the good thing about content writing um is that's one of the easiest things to test because what i did is i hired you know four different copywriters to write me the exact same blog post um you know because you know, it's, you know, the, the cost was so low, I was covering it in the, the sale of it. Um, and that was one way I tested it, like, just pay them to do the exact same thing, or hire some people to write some blog posts for your own site, you know, hire two or three. But anyway, that that's just one way to to test people to start looking for for copywriters. Yeah. I was more um, thinking like the other outsourcing services like SEO and, you know, all those kind of things. But yes, I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I, you're right. Cause they become an extension of your brand, even yeah. if they're behind the scenes. And so, yeah, they have to represent you well, as well as the client. And so, yeah, I, I think kind of what Eric mentioned, uh, t like 
basically testing, right? So even if you're, you're, whether it's outsourcing or like bringing on a, a new team member, right. Which are similar, but different, um, yeah. you know, start small baby steps is, is yeah. always the, the name of the game there. Yeah. Um, awesome. So we talked about, uh, reputation management. We talked about maintenance plan and hosting, we talked about email marketing, a little bit of social media. What other recurring revenue streams can web designers implement in their business easily today, tomorrow, next week? Yeah. Google business profile is, is an e like a lo local SEO. If you're dealing with a local business, obviously, um, yeah. but the local SEO is different than standard SEO. Like there's still some, there's some on-site with, with local for schema markup and stuff like that. Um, but most of it's done in the directories and it's super, super simple to execute on that, um, using the right tools. And so, uh, and then helping, you know, a client, you know, we spend an hour on the phone with them. We come up with a, a content calendar for the next six months for their Google business profile. They have to provide us with, you know, 30 images to get started. So there's a little bit of work on the client side, but then we go through and run them through a, a thing that geo tags the images. Um, and we just ask them, we need pictures from around your business from around, we need 30 pictures from around your business. Um, and then we manage posting those for them on their Google business profile. So there's some things you got to do with geo tagging and stuff like that, but it's, it's not, it's not hard. It's really super simple to figure out. And so that's one I, I, I think local SEO is way easier than national SEO. Yeah. Or international sure. SEO. Ooh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Very, very true. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? Any other recurring revenue things that you've tried? All the tried things I'm thinking of aren't actually recurring revenue. I was thinking of one, but it was more about like having like evergreen type saleable products on your website that are always available and don't really take you a lot of effort, but they're not actually recurring revenue. So I think my brain... Mm -hmm. Honestly, yeah. I don't do a lot of recurring revenue for my clients. Like it's really just maintenance and then being available so that I'm the go-to person when they want something, whatever that something is, that I'm the person that they're going to come to. So um, in my mind, that's it. I Like yeah. I'm probably not doing my business well enough if I don't have more rec recurring revenue options for my clients. Well, but again, the other thing, and I, I would just say like, this isn't for everybody either, you know, like, yeah. You've got to decide what size business do you want? What complexity do, do you want? Um, so the other thing I, I think I would say when you go to do any of this is the one thing you want to try to avoid is what we call snowflake projects. Um, if mm -hmm. you're going to do social media posting for somebody, you need to decide how many times you're going to post and that's your package. Like that's it. Um, because if you start working with this client or like, you know, or, or maybe you have two packages or three, but you, you want to have a system in mind for this. Cause if, if you post, you know, once a day for this client over here and their posts are always this, but this client over here, you're, you're posting every other day. And, and this client over here, you're posting, you know, twice a week, but you're also posting to their Twitter and their Instagram and their this you're going to find that you'll be able to track that in your head for several clients. But then if you decide to scale out, it yeah. becomes almost impossible to hand that off to somebody because it, it just becomes, you'll, you're spending so much time managing it. So like for us, even when we do social, like our social media package, it's, it's two posts per week. That's it. That's what we, get. and it, well, I really need more than that. But I, you know, here's somebody that else that does it. And does it more we do two a week because we sell what we call the the our approach is the really the minimal um effort required you know yeah. for for your services to work like most small businesses don't actually have to post on so their social media once a day um are there some that have to sure but why does an HVAC company have to post on their social media once a day when none of their clients are, or when none of their competitors are? It, it just right. doesn't make sense. Um, twice a week. And if you're posting once a day, you really need, like it almost needs to be the client because 
You need them to be able to reply to people. Like someone who's on once a day is someone who's active and going to reply. So I think social media, the risk is, sure, I can post photos for you, but what happens when a client replies? Like who's answering that? Someone has to answer that. And is it going to be your client? Because it's going to be better if it comes from your client than if it comes from you. Are you going to pretend to be them? Do you know enough about their business to be able to reply to messages? Like what happens when a DM comes in? So I think social media is super risky to go down that avenue um, because you really need to be them if you're going to be doing social media or they need to be ready to be active once something happens on social media. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, that's one of those things where it's like, okay, if they want to be completely hands off, they'll be better off hiring someone in house that yes. can become their social media that manager is that isn't just posting, but they're yeah. representing them online. It's Absolutely. like you think of the big brands, right? Like, you know, think of like a big national like restaurant chain or something like that, right? Some of these like fast food restaurants in America, or I guess they're international. Um, some of them have really funny Twitter accounts, right? Like those aren't the executives sitting there. Yeah. You know, tweeting <laughs> sometimes. It's like they have someone really clever that's managing yeah. them. And our um, ACT health, like the, the local area that I live in, the local health uh, Facebook is really funny. And they've hired, I don't know who they've hired to do it, but they've been doing it over COVID. They're doing such a good job. Like they post yeah. like funny photos. They're like constantly kind of having jokes about things in the ACT that are, like we have this statue that's an owl, but it looks like a penis. And like they <laughs> joke about it. Like it's, they're being really funny and they're a government, like a government group, but they've obviously yeah, hired someone often. who is doing social media really well. And it's yeah. obviously not the people who run ACT Hills. Like it's, they've hired some group to do it, but they're doing a good job of it, which, you know, they don't, <laughs> yeah, don't always do. That's awesome. Yeah. I could never do that. Like, like maybe on rare occasions, I'm funny in person, one-on-one small groups, but like my humor does not translate to social media, email blasts, uh, yeah. even text I think Steph, Steph is probably our best best front runner for she's our hilarity. she's the best option we have yeah yeah i think so um christian's posted about technical on-page seo maintenance using audits from like ahrefs or you know moz or one of those things i know we kind of briefly touched on it but if your client is requesting that it may be that you don't mm -hmm. offer an seo service but you just offer an seo um, report. Reporting. So yeah. I get an SEO report for my own business once a week that I set up ages ago when I was testing it all out and trying to work out whether I'd go down that track. And I open it up every week. I look at it. I kind of just, you know, see, am I up? Am I down? Like look at the bumps. So as my own client, <laughs> um, I, I do look at it, but I don't pay a lot of attention to it. But there may be clients who would love to do that. They just kind of want to see, like, how am I tracking? Like, am I going up? Am I going down? How's that all working? And it may be that you could then open the door to more services, but it might be like a really easy, you don't, you just set it up. And once it's set up, it automatically emails them once a week or once a month or however often. And then they're happy with that. Or then they say, hey, it looks like we could be doing some more with SEO. What do you think? Or maybe you have a client who's super techie and they want to do all their SEO, but they need the data to be able to do that. And for them to sign up to one of these services is going to cost them a fortune. But if they can do it through you because you can buy a bulk package or whatever, um, then that might be more effective. Like, Eric, you've got, you have a Moz account, don't you? Yeah, but I still buy I I buy the fourteen dollar per month level for each client because it's 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 all oh, right. So you buy them their own account. Yeah. So in my in my agency dashboard, I have each client listed, but you have to have a, a an account for each each client. Right. And you make yourself a user on their account, so then you can access yeah, as that how it works. Yeah, they're still all in my dashboard, but each one. So um. Yeah. So the first yep. one when you sign up is a lot more expensive, though, right? And then nope. after that, no, nope, not a month. Yeah, $14 a month. Because I just, that's all, again, all we're selling is the bare minimum of what they really, really need to start winning. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just thought of two more that I can't believe I didn't think about. But 
it's because it's now just part of our and i signed up for this uh, from listening to a divi chat um uh, a while ago um hans from termageddon oh yeah mm -hmm. oh, that's a nice one. the privacy policy terms i so when i you know at that time i was uh selling i was charging 69 dollars for maintenance and hosting so i went back and i upped our maintenance and hosting to 99 dollars a month um and 129 dollars a month again these are us prices so i i I know that's different for a lot of people in our audience. Um, but that's that just to show you the the jumps that I made. And then I just, but I, but that increase included Termageddon. Right. Um, and so we now provide every website that's on our hosting and maintenance. You know, we get them a license in Termageddon. We send them then their thing and they go and fill in the big, you know, the questionnaire. Um, but that's an easy one right now. If you've got any clients, I, I would check out Termageddon. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. Um, and then ADA complaint. You can, you know, I and I see Christians in the chat, and I know he he's not gonna like it, but um accessibility is a solution for not everyone. Um, but uh it it does help uh a, a lot of people. So um so you can you can resell something like accessibility. So ADA compliance is another uh, good opportunity. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think you bring up a good point. I'm not familiar with accessibility, but um, I think kind of the sweet spot for recurring revenue is uh, leveraging a software that requires minimal like yeah. maintenance effort, right? So like review lead, like once you get it set up and stuff, it's automated, right? Um, yeah. Maintenance and, and hosting, stuff like that. Like, yes, you, you, you do have to do some minimal effort with, uh, updates and stuff like that, or if anything goes wrong, of course you can automate it and use Stephanie's company, Focus WP and outsource it and they handle everything. Um, and then Termageddon, right? There's, you know, sending the client, getting them to do everything. And then after that it's automated, but they can be paying for it monthly, whether that's separate, whether that's bundled with your maintenance plan. So I think that's really what you want to be looking at for recurring revenue opportunities is, is there a software type of service that you can pay and they have a plan where you can then put on your client sites and you can leverage that. And it's, you know, minimal maintenance, but it's providing often, good value. It's one of those packages where like, once you've got about five clients on it, it starts to become like really worth it. So it's one of those yeah. things like, if you just get one client on it, it's pointless. Like any of these plugins, as if you're getting one client on, say, like an event calendar plugin or a, like whatever plugin, yeah. costs like 150 bucks a year, and you know. But as soon as Crabby you get five power. clients on it, and you can be selling it for the price of the one, you start to make more money on that thing. And so even, I mean, it kind of sounds a little bit silly, but even some of these plugins, if you choose a plugin that you really like, once you go to a developer license, as soon as you've got five clients on that thing and they're paying for a one license, you start making a lot of money. Um, and that's where I think you have to pick your tools, pick one tool, get a few clients on that one tool and you start to actually benefit from that, the pricing of that tool. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people and I haven't done it yet, um, curious if either one of you have or, or if hear anybody using it or if anybody in the chat, if, if this is you in the chat, I'd love to know. Um, a lot of people setting their clients up with something like go high level. And so kind of that, that customer, it's like a, a client relationship software. Um, hmm. And it kind of does this like it it connects to the idea that Tim had of like sending out email campaigns, but with go high level, it really is like you can track somebody through like what page they came in on the website, what form they filled out, you know. So it's kind of like um HubSpot. Uh, like Hub yeah, 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 like HubSpot uh keep um and things like that. But go high level is one that you can white label it um and then resell it to your clients and now when they build a website it's connected to this whole customer management system so you got a customer relationship and you can have pipelines and track deals and you can connect it to twillo and have like text automated text messaging exchange. there's a lot you can do with, with go high level um 
I just don't have the bandwidth right now to look at it or, or to work on it. But anybody, does anybody, do, have you guys, no, no. Okay. I've never heard of it, but it, it looks interesting. And I like the idea that you can white label it. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything you can white label is always good, particularly if it's reports. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, awesome. So we started a little bit late, so we're going to end a little bit late. Any final thoughts we want to impart on our listeners today regarding recurring revenue? Um, ho hopefully the low hanging fruit that you can implement quickly. <laughs> I think just working out like what are your clients asking for? What like what are the kind of things that they're regularly wanting? And is that something that you can, like we've said, like find some sort of service that's minimal effort? Um, but I like the idea that Eric had of offering it as a trial, like we're testing this thing out. And like for me, I did I did the test with the reports, answer came back, they weren't that interested. They certainly weren't going to pay for it as an additional service. But if you can test out a few things and clients say, this is great, I'm so happy with this, yes, I'd be happy to pay for it, and you can get five clients, I think five is a good amount. If you can get five clients on whatever you're testing out or whatever service you're thinking is a good service, getting five on it, and even if you just offer it to five, get it going for a couple months, see if you're happy with it. You may hate it. You might find it's way more effort than you thought it was going to be and <laughs> you don't want to sign up like a hundred clients on this thing because then all of a sudden it's taking all your time and you hate it and you're not getting the money, the value, or you've priced it incorrectly and then you realize, oh crap, like what am I going to do? So if you can get five clients on a thing, test it out for a few months, see if it's any good, see if they're happy with it, see if they actually want to pay for it. Um, and then maybe what you can do for those five clients is um, like grandfather them in at a lower price or whatever. And so then you're kind of getting the ball rolling enough to cover your pricing outsource that you have to like pay for the software or whatever, and then get the other clients in at the higher rate that you want to kind of get going with. Might be a good way to start. Yeah, that's great. Love it. What about you, Eric? Any final thoughts today on recurring revenue? I would say, you know, uh, don't, you don't have to start with everything. You know, pick one thing that you've heard that you like the sound of and, and yeah. start with that. Um, because the nice thing is when you start getting in some more recurring revenue, you, if you do it, like Sarah said, and you do it and, and Tim was saying like with some automated softwares and things like that, you'll give yourself a little more breathing room, you know, in a couple months to start looking at, at other services and stuff like that. But once you find like it took me a while but now that i have a, a relationship with a leverage service provider um you know i i have no affiliate relationship with them whatsoever but i, I use a it's called pennington creative um joellen and her team are phenomenal um and uh, i've really just enjoyed uh, working with them um and i've also used focus wp and i can't i don't have anything negative to say about Focus WP. They're great as well. Um, so once you find a partner, you don't have to. I have no idea how to run a pay-per-click campaign. I can't tell you the first thing. I can't log in. The, I have I have no clue. It's same thing with Facebook. I have no idea. But we have clients we sell it to. Um, but, you know, when. So anyway. You don't have yeah. to master all of it. So pick one thing yeah. to get started with and just start with that. Yeah. Love it. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, I don't have anything else to add. Um, so yeah, if you are watching right now, whether you're watching the replay or you're watching live, hit that like button. That helps us. And if you want to be extra awesome, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash Divi chat. I think that's right. Um, and you can leave us a review on the platforms and that would just make you extra awesome. Cause that would be, uh, really <laughs> give us helpful. the five-star reviews. Yeah, seriously. We, we need, need to figure a out a campaign for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We really do some reputation management for, for TV <laughs> chat. Yeah. No, we need to come up with a bribe. Like for, if someone goes and leaves us a five-star review, you know, you'll get something cool. But we we'll don't want them out. like all this month, right? So we we just want like we, a couple. We gotta we gotta drip them out. Yeah, that's it's gotta true. be like the first two reviews for the month, so that then once two have been left, they're like, oh, I better wait for next month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about reviews, but like I think I had someone literally send an email. I love 
like your membership. It's like so valuable. Like it's so awesome. Thank you so much. And so I responded back be like, oh, that's so great to hear. If you wouldn't mind leaving us a review here, that'd be, that'd be amazing. Like silence. Nothing. A week later, I was like, that's weird. So I responded again. I'm like, hey, like if you could leave us a review, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Total just ghost. Just copy and paste what you wrote and just stick it over here. <laughs> Yeah, but anyways, so we get it. It reviews can did you, be. Did you try you know, a third? Did you try a third time? I've not tried a third time because I didn't want to get like. Uh, and here's the, the only reason I bring it up is our email drip campaign has three emails to it because that's the email that gets the most clicks. Even if you yeah, take right. the copy from email one and put it in email three, you know, <laughs> da, 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 da. it's it's the yeah. third email. So we send three yeah. emails. Yeah. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll try it. I'll, I'll, I'll do yeah, it manual, manual unscientific tests. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Special thanks to our live listeners who engaged in the chat. We love you. You guys are awesome. And uh, yeah, we will see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.